doctor. Who must it you call? The only people who can put an end to this whole ghastly business and send everyone back to their own times. The Time Lords. Well, who are they? They're my own people, Jamie. Oh, well, that's all right, then. But it isn't all right, is it, Doctor? No, it's not, Zoe. But I'm afraid there's no alternative. Welcome to Two Guys, a Girl, the podcast. We're talking about classic Doctor Who. We have a couple of um, stories that we'll be recording today, and this is one of them. Uh, we're going to be covering uh, the 1969 epic 400-part, uh, or no, wait, 10-part, The War Games. Um, I am Ken. Jeff. Annie. And um, before we get going, um, Doctor Who news. Anything of note? Nope. Okay. So, <laughs> good. Um, what about, what have you, what have been, what do you guys have been working on or watching or reading or whatever? Anything of interest? Uh, I've been watching The Bad Batch and it's been a really good season and man, that those last two parts of the season. Yeah. Okay. If you haven't seen it yet, it's well, I have to catch up with it. I keep forgetting about it. Yeah. It's definitely uh, building up to something. I've been watching a lot of Apple TV. Um, like everybody else in the world, I think I've been watching Ted Lasso, which is off to a strong start for season three. Is that and the I watch- soccer guy? Yes. Okay. It, it's a really good show. I know there's a lot of hype about it, but I think it lives up to the hype. Mm-hmm. I've never. And seen I've that. also watched Shrinking, which has Harrison Ford as a therapist. <laughs> that just seems funny to me. It is. It's a really funny show, but very, very well developed, well developed characters. Speaking of Harrison Ford, you guys ever see? If he was on Conan or something. And they go, Harrison Ford is going to answer questions, but not Star Wars questions. And the first guy that, that was standing up to be the first to answer the question was dressed as a Jedi. Oh, God. <laughs> and he's standing there like, um, uh, and he goes, Harrison Ford, um, is acting fun? <laughs> 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 because he was, you know, I'm not answering Star Wars questions. And Harrison Ford looks at him and goes, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> was it the was it the Academy Awards where Harrison Ford came up on stage and said that music's going to follow me till the day I die? Uh, yeah, they must have been playing this. I don't know if it was a Star Wars thing. No, it was Raiders. Raiders. Okay. Oh, okay. And of course, John Williams was in the audience, but um, it, along with um, Steven Spielberg. Harrison Ford is in his eighties, and John Williams <clears throat> is like ninety. It's that's amazing. <clears throat> I thought the Academy Awards was great because short round one. And most of all, the people that won were all in, like, uh, Janeer-type movies, you know, like Jamie Lee Curtis for Halloween and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, Brendan Fraser, for the, he was in the Mummy movies. and It yes. was just, it was like a big night for Janeer movies, even though they didn't win for a Janeer movie, but they were all, they got their start in that. Genre. Genre, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, no, I was very happy with the with the awards this year with with who got them. I didn't actually watch the ceremony because it's just so freaking long. I know. But I watched all the clips, and I was really, really happy to see Michelle Yeoh win. Yes, and yeah. she was in a James Bond movie, and she did all those movies in Japan. Uh, not Japan, but overseas in Asia. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. She was in Sunshine, too, which is an excellent movie. Was she in that? 
Now I'm, I'm not sure. I think of Sunshine. I never heard of Sunshine. You've Me never either. heard of Sunshine. It's one of the best movies ever made. But anyways. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sunshine, Danny Boyle. No. No. I have to look it up. See, you watch these obscure movies that nobody hears about. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but you know, a lot of people have not heard of it. Well, uh, Killian Murphy, Rose Byrne, Chris Evans, um, Benedict no. Wan. It's oh. a science fiction movie where they go to try to uh, prevent the sun from dying. Oh, wait a, a minute. Really good science fiction movie. Did you go see this with Matt? I might have. Okay. Now, this don't ring a bell. Because you usually do that when I'm on vacation. <laughs> okay. So, um, I, I, um, I've watched the rest of The Nevers, which was a show that we were reviewed a couple of years ago when it was out on this podcast. Um, I, I thought it was not quite as good as the first half. They, what they did was they stopped filming kind of halfway through because of COVID. So they only did the first six episodes, and then they finally finished the last six. Um, Joss Whedon was no longer involved in the product, product, project, and a lot of people left during that time period. So I'm assuming they used the same script. I won't get into the details, but it, it seemed to be a little different. But um, I thought it was pretty good. It was still very enjoyable, and the ending was very definitive an ending, plus it also had opening for a continuation, which it probably won't continue because it didn't show anywhere that anyone can watch it. It was played streaming on Tubi's live streaming during the middle of the day. So even fans of the movie of the show wouldn't even be able to watch it. It was just it's very hard to track down and it's not as if, available it's as if they just didn't care. They said, here you go. It's released. We did yeah. our obligation and mm-hmm. more or less. Screw you, fans, and our obligation is done. So that's what it seemed like. I mean, it was a good move to, for Tubi to get it, but they should have put it on on demand. Um, and maybe it will get there someday. But um, it, it's worth checking out. It's still excellent. Um, like a um, whatever. It's just really good. I can't get into it any further. So, um, anyways, <clears throat> let's uh, move into the war games. Uh, we just got sucked into the war games. We're in a different zone here. Um, We're in the 19, 1918 zone or whatever 18, it is. Yeah. 17. 17. <clears throat> so um, I think we had talked about this earlier. I don't know if it made it to, into one of our podcasts, but um, Annie had never seen the complete story. So what did you think of it after now watching it? Well, I'm glad I finally did. I mean, after seeing the first episode so many times on, I think it was Pluto TV, I just never had the patience to sit down and watch the whole thing. Yeah. And one going. So I broke it up over a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I finally saw it. I think it had a lot of padding, so it could have been fewer episodes. Yeah. But I think it is a milestone episode or milestone story because it's the introduction of the of the doc, of the Time Lords. Yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed, um, obviously, it's very obvious that this is one of those, we run around, get captured, escape, get captured, escape. Uh, it didn't bother me as much as some other earlier series. Um, 
but it's one of those stories that what they do, I'm not going to get into the details, but they want to save money. So they stay in one story. The longer they can stay in a story, they don't have to, you know, get new, necessarily new cast members and new sets and stuff. They can use the same sets over and over again. It's, it's sort of like a way, obviously this is the last time we see a, a, a like an episode that's 10. I mean, when, once we get to John Pertwee, there's still some sixes and sevens and sixes stay for a while, but this is like the originally supposed to be in the, a couple of stories, but they mel- made it, they expanded this one and made it 10. Well, because obvious Patrick Troughton was leaving, so they had to write him off. Mm-hmm. That's why they extended it. But you said they did. But you said they did a lot of things to save money. I was wondering if this is one of the more expensive epi- stories for that time, because you had so many explosions, you had so many fights, you had horses all over the place. Tons of costumes. Cost yeah. Tons of costumes. Yeah, I, I, but but I think well, when, you, when you have a longer story, um, you don't have to get a, a second writer or whatever. But well, I, I don't they, know. It's just, they definitely saved money because they didn't replace Patrick Troughton's hands because somewhere between episode one and two he ripped a hole in his knee which is very very noticeable i mean it's like huge yes like the I whole noticed knee. That. and i'm just like they really couldn't just give him another pair of pants or something they just let him go through seven to eight episodes with a ripped costume continuity yeah but even still <laughs> Oh, it's ripped. Let's change it. Redo the scene, and but that they didn't do that back then. It was just like, it was like weird. He's like walking around with ripped pants. I, 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 you know, I watched this in in one day, basically one afternoon. It, it certainly takes a effort amount of time to watch this, and um, when it was originally released here in in, in New England. Uh, at least in, in, in locally for, for my PBS channel, there were two channels that aired it. I think one, if I remember correctly, sh- showed it in two parts. Yes. Two, two hour parts. And then there was another one that actually did it in episodic. Um, yeah, the Connecticut Public Channel yeah. did it. Episodic, um, I believe. So um, it's a tough one to get through, but it, it certainly is. It represents to me like this is how the serials were, and it's sort of it encompasses what serials are about. Serials are meant to be cliffhangers. They are meant mm-hmm. to be sort of the same thing over and over and over again, and they're kind of there just to kill time. You know, you kind of you get you want to get to the resolution, but the resolution, I thought. By the time we get to the last few episodes, it gets really interesting because, like you said, this is when we start learning about the Time Lords. We start learning about the story, about the plot, about this whole thing. So I thought the last few, even though there was some, okay, let's go try to escape, I, I thought it was, first time I watched this, I remember it distinctly because we had seen episodes before this we didn't see this for the first time and go my god like some people would have but we were it was still very interesting to see how it all connects together and it's like oh my god this is the first time that time lords appear and they're very like mysterious and very powerful and then of course later down the line they they we learned more about them but um this was pretty amazing so it was worth that wait to get to those parts 
So I found it even after watching it for, I don't know how many times I've seen this. It's not many, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, um, but it's tough in the middle. It's tough when you're like, uh oh, there's more soldiers. And But they, they mix it up where they go to different time zones at one point. So I think they keep it more interesting than some of these serials. It's a good I, mystery. There's a good mystery throughout because you don't know what's going on until they go through the fog and then they're what, the Romans? Yes. So it, there is a good mystery surrounding the first few episodes and then it keeps going and keeps going when they, they add the war chief and the warlord and the paranoid dude who's in charge of security. <laughs> oh, the what scary did it to me? One thing that stood out to me was the cliffhangers. I thought they did a really good job with the cliffhangers to keep you going what it would have been week to week at that time. Yeah. Yeah, the, the one where they, the best cliffhanger is probably when he, they're trying to get into the TARDIS um, and the Time Lords are coming and it's all slow motion and stuff. I thought yes. that was like, I think yes. that was like one of the best because they're all going in slow motion. They have that argument like, dang, 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 and he's like, they're Time Lords. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it was really good. Um, it, it's I say epic. It's kind of epic that we we go to different time zones. We go to different sets, and there there's a quite a few, quite a bit of outdoor shooting, outdoor scenes and stuff like that with the soldiers and everything. And I think they did a pretty good job with a limited budget on depicting what those would look like the the world war one or whatever and um i think the script is very strong because they have answers for everything mm -hmm. okay they're in world war one how come we don't see world war two well later on they say well they don't want to bring the high technology because it's too dangerous you, you know and and so once they detect the doctor and his companions it's like wait a minute how can anyone know the newer the bigger technology because we don't have that uh, or if, you know, they were asking Zoe where she was from, and she's like, I'm from the 21st century. And it's like, that's impossible. There is no 21st century, you know, uh, time zones here. Um, so I think they did a really good job with the writing. I think the script <clears throat> holds up really, really well, and it's very strong throughout the whole thing. Um, who is it that did it? Was it Derek Sherwin? Was he the writer? Or, um... it, it was written by Terrence Dix and Malcolm Hook. Yeah. Derek Sherwin was the producer. Producer, yeah. And, his, and David um, Maloney was the director. And his wife, uh, Derek Sherwin's wife, played um, Lady, Lady Jennifer. Jennifer. Mm -hmm. And she passed away just a couple months ago. Right. I didn't remember that. In December. Yep. December 16th. Um, and, and like you said, the cast, I think the cast do a really good job with it. I think, um, Noel Coleman, who plays Smythe is really good. He was in an episode of Red Dwarf, I guess. And I have a list here of, there's a lot of people that were in other episodes. I will give a shout out to Philip Maddock. Uh, he's the warlord and he's fantastic. I think he's an excellent villain. This is his probably his best role besides Morbius, the brand of Morbius. Yeah. He was in Crotons, he was in Morbius, he was in Power of the Crawl, he was also in Dalek Invasion, Earth 2150 movie. Um, he was also in um, Jerry, he was in Time, UFO in Space 1999. He's but in he was, a lot of stuff, yeah. Avengers, The Saint. He's done some big finish stuff too, I think. 
Um, yes, oh, really? he did. Yeah. But he was really good, and I like the the glasses, and I like this, you know. It, and the war chief is pretty good too. I, I've always said, I, I thought the war chief could have been the master, and could have been. Mm-hmm. He looks never, a little never. bit like him. He talks like him in terms of like, oh, we knew each other and stuff like that. And they, I don't know why they couldn't like once they developed the master, they couldn't just say, oh, by the way, he was the war chief. I, I don't know why they never made that connection. It was a seemed like it would have been an easy thing to do in when they introduced the master for the first time in a, a, a couple seasons later. But which which would have easily helped with the regeneration thing because obviously he would have to use one at the end of the war game since he got shot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they never address that. He gets shot, but he, if he's a time Lord, how come he's not regenerating like the doctor is? Maybe it was a delayed one. Like, yeah. Hurt mm-hmm. Um, I also, um, I don't know why this is kind of a geeky thing to say, but, um, I remember the serial Doctor Who, um, when I was getting into Doctor Who in the 80s, or I got into it in the 70s, but by the time the 80s came around, I remember my brother and I created a role-playing game for Doctor Who. We actually um, set up, well, there wasn't one at the time, there was one later on that I also tried, but I made my own little scenario, and we created this thing, and it, this reminds me of a role-playing game where you set up this scenario and you actually are manipulating people and they manipulate people with the glasses. They put them on and say, you know, they're, they're brainwashing them and stuff and they throw them into different um, time zones and stuff. And it's almost like this epic role-playing game. And a lot of the old game, the old episodes remind me of that type of setup or whatever. But I just want mm. to throw that out there because as I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's kind of what I did in one story where I was trying to bring all this in and everything. but And I don't remember if I watched this before the role-playing game or after. I can't remember. But um, I actually anyway. like actually the War Games. Even though it's so long, I, I kind of like it. It's different. I did like it. I like the way the characters interacted. I like the whole introduction of the rules of the different times. I just thought it could have been Trimmed like down by yeah by a few episodes. It could have a lot of the same things over and over. Oh, they're captured again. Oh, they're running away from this guy. Oh, they're running away from that guy. It kind of works with the mystery though, because he's trying to figure out what's going on, and he goes to different zones, and eventually they get to. Yeah, it didn't need to be ten, but. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, the scene I mean, where the, I, I love the scene where the doctor is pretending to be the examiner, and it's like, "How dare you!" You know, it's just all. Oh. That yes, was that was like, very good. <laughs> um, yeah, that was just classic Patrick Troughton, how he just like pretends and then takes control and be, he's in charge. And mm-hmm. it's interesting. That. It's interesting you mentioned um, like repeating things a lot. Even he he says, "Oh, the Time Lords are my people." And then the next episode, Zoe goes, you, "They're your people, aren't they?" And it's like, I, it's almost like you got to realize that. They sort of wrote these things on the fly. No, but they they wrote them in such a way that, sure, they're expecting the audiences to stay through all the parts. But they also 
almost need to make sure that it makes sense if someone misses an episode. I don't know if they consciously did that when they were creating longer stories, but it felt like they did a little bit of that. Where at the they had a recap. That's why they had the recap from the previous episode. So in case you forgot or missed it, you can kind of see where you know where what's going on. Up. But yeah. they 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 do tend to in these types of stories. They do tend to to give us the story again and again and again. So we're not completely lost. But maybe they did that more with this ten parter because. I think the part that he he, the, all the information about the Time Lords comes out. That episode was like the lowest rated of all of them in that ten part. Really? Hmm. Yeah, it is. It, it no, what the three point? Yeah, episode eight, three point five, and then it goes up to four point one. This wasn't rated very high. I mean, no. it was towards the end where it almost got canceled. Yeah, that's why the way they they left it open ended. with you don't know who he regenerated into. Well, I read, and I don't know how true some of this stuff is. Wikipedia, and then there's Wicca Tardis or whatever. The, there's like a, a, a site that has all the information about the episodes. I don't know how accurate some of their stuff is because I heard, what was that? I don't know. I okay. think it was my dog okay. doing something stupid. I heard that obviously when they filmed the scene where he's looking at the stupid drawings and going, he's too fat or whatever. They obviously didn't have the next doctor picked out. Well, they but thought one looked like Peter Davison, right? The well, skinny yeah. one. but the, um, at one point it says that they filmed some of the parts that they filmed. John Pertwee was cast. And I'm like, well, if they filmed that, why wouldn't they just bring John? Mm -hmm. per I don't know. It was kind I of, I remember weird. when we were at LA, yeah. Terrence sticks was there. They said they left it open ended cause it was going to get canceled. And they didn't hire John Pertwee until after this broadcast because they were waiting to see yeah. if it was going to get renewed. So they that didn't makes, bother. Yeah, that makes That's sense. Why, but then I yeah. read something and they were, someone was saying, no, no, part of it was filmed, but part, it's like, I don't know if I believe that or not. I don't believe that either because. No. Terrence Dix. I'd rather believe Terrence Dix at a convention than some Yahoo who decides to edit Wikipedia. <laughs> well, it, it was it was quoted by someone who was on the production. So I, I let me see if I can find it on my d notes here. But it was kind of odd that I when I read that I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't make much sense. They're no, also because... saying they're also saying that from the point when the doctor starts to regenerate, there's a whole open space that they can do all kinds of big finish episodes. And I'm like, no, he's regenerating, and I'm not sure what they mean by that. Well, there's that season six B. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. So technically, what they did was they exiled. This was always my theory that they exiled him and they started the regeneration. But the regeneration took a season or two. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Stupid. Like what that's they did was they had the regeneration, but they took the second Doctor out of time, yeah. sort of. Okay. And okay. well, no, it's. But yeah, but but that's that's the five doctors. Yeah. Second doctor is the one that's from okay. who becomes, or the second, the two doctors. Second doctor is okay. kind of because they're doing work. You're doing work for the time. Well, and but it's you can, I'm just saying, there's a lot of different times during any doctor's periods where you can shoehorn in new episodes for big finish or books or whatever. So I just why think do that it? What they did was okay. Well, it's kind of stupid. 
before he regenerates. It is a reach. They could have done it right before War Games. There you go. Yeah. I, I just I okay. just think that it just gives a second Doctor more stories, and I really don't care what the theories are because you got more second Doctor. And it's kind of an interesting, okay. interesting thing. Yeah. Okay. It's just that it could happen anywhere. Like the two doctors, they dropped, what, Victoria off someplace to, to excuse why she's not in Yeah, there. because he's doing a mission but that's, for the Time that's Lords. That's not during War which Games. Is, that's during a different time period. No, then why would he be doing something for the Time Lords with Victoria when huh. he was on the run from the Time Lords? My point is they can take the second doctor and make anything in, in, in between almost every episode. You can have episodes of... of but if that was the case... Then why exile him at the end of the end of the uh, war yeah. games? Because he was he he was he escaped from the time lord. He escaped from the time lords. He was being punished. Yeah, but then why were they having him do something for them during I don't know between the Abominable Snowman and Fury from the Deep? Why would they say, "Hey, we're going to do this for you"? You're going to do this for us. And what would that be again? Who knows? Okay. I mean, <laughs> you, just, can, you can... Just you use can, your imagination, you, Ken. You're taking yeah, things too literally. No, I'm not. I'm saying the, the episode doesn't have to... The second Doctor stories, none of them should have anything to do with the Time Lords. I guess it... But doesn't the two Doctors... The two <coughs> Doctors has something to do with it. He mentions the Time Lords. So that was a continuity error. Because that was taking place during Victoria's era. So... Whatever, I, I, you know, it, unless not, you know he asked when they he's doing the thing. He says, "Let me have Jamie and Victoria as my companions." And you went back to after he dumped her off in Fury of the Deep, and they started again. Who knows? Who cares? Okay. Did Chris Chibnall read that? Right, write that. Anyways, who cares? It makes for interesting stories and get more big finish second Doctor stories. Anyways, um, hey, second second Doctor stories with <laughs> the Time Lords involved. Um, yeah, Let's it's see. better than the stupid no, thing they that, could do that they just came up with that assassin thing. At least Big Finish is doing the second Doctor 6B stuff. No, that's Speaking of assassin things, I thought it was good that they had Chancellor, or at least the actor who played Chancellor Goth, be one of the Time Lords in this. Yeah, yeah. Because we could see him again in the Deadly Assassin. I thought that was that's a nice bit of continuity. Actually pretty good. Yeah, that's actually pretty good continuity. So you, you figure that's Goth. Yeah. And then Goth and the doctor have a history and that's why he was the master was able to manipulate him a little bit easier. Yeah. I don't know. That's always was my theory, but I'm uh, sure Ken will poo poo that and say, how could Goth and the doctor have history? Well, no, <laughs> well they that, had that, it right then and there. I know they, they didn't, they didn't name his, his time Lord character in war games. No, none of them were named. Yeah. Oh, but, but it was the Lord. same actor. So therefore yeah. I was, yeah. you can make the mental leap that's that right. it is the same right. ca character back in the, well, when we get to the deadly assassin. Well, it is funny that one of the time Lords, the one that used is that zapped the, the war chief or the warlord with his eyes mm -hmm. was played by Trevor Martin, who played the doctor in the stage play during the seventies. Yep. And Wendy Padbury was his companion. Which and, I when, is, and and that that must take place, but in this episode too, right? The doctor regenerates. Into, I don't know, Ken. Use okay. your imagination, like <laughs> normal fans use their imagination and say, "Hey, how about this?" And then, and that's when Mister Bean becomes the doctor, right? Does he, is he the doctor for a little while, right? 
Anyways, um, that, that that never happened. We'll we'll we won't okay. talk about that. Uh, David Troughton's also in this. Yes, he plays yes. Uh, a Civil War. Forget if he's a North or a South soldier because it's black and white. I, I think he's a Northerner. I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that more. was kind. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool that he was in the his this show with his dad. And um, he was also previously in Space Museum. Or no, um, was he Enemy of the World? Enemy of the World. Uh, was he really? Oh David yeah, he was, was in Enemy of the World. Enemy of the World and Curse of Peladon. And he was also in Midnight. <laughs> he was really good in that. Yeah. He was, yeah. He's done tons of big finish too. Now Peter Craze was also in this, and he's the brother of Michael Craze, who played Ben, and he was in Space Museum and Nightmare of Eden. Was he really? How about that? Hmm. He played Dupont. Of- there's a lot of people in this series that were in a lot of episodes of Doctor Who. Like you have. Oh, James the Green. one of the guys in here who was on the Civil War era was the the guy from Tomb of the Cybermen who was the guy who was in charge of the spaceship who didn't want anybody to go to the spaceship because it got sabotaged. Mm-hmm. I recognized him. I was like, oh yeah, that's what's his name from Tomb of the Cybermen. Yeah. I read um, somewhere here that this is the first time the doctor kisses a companion, uh, obviously not on the lips, but just she kisses, he kisses um, Zoe on the forehead, I guess, or something. I don't remember seeing that, but I read that somewhere and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I always thought that his, and this ending was sad, especially the way he says goodbye to Jamie and Zoe because it ends and it's not by choice. They're Mm -hmm. like more or less forced. Yeah. And they're, they're, Jamie and Zoe are so, at least Jamie's like, they're so oblivious to what's going to happen. And they go, as they go into the, the TARDIS and they don't know what their fate is. I thought that was like, they're going in there and they're going to forget them. Mm-hmm. Except for that, except for the Highlanders and the Will in Space parts that they were in. And I thought that's kind of sad because, they, especially Jamie spent all that time yeah. just to forget mm-hmm. it. And two two notes of that in the five doctors, Zoe recognizes the doctor, and the doctor goes, "Uh oh, she he, that's not Zoe because she the memory was erased, right? Is that part of the dialogue?" But in reality, but how would that happen? But that she, happens because that's the doctor after the war games, right? Well, I don't know what it is, but but he, yeah, so it has to be after war games. So I guess you're right. I guess it does take place. They have to shoehorn that in there. So he's regenerating for it takes some. Well, it took David Tennant a while to regenerate. So I guess that makes sense. Um, anyways, uh, continuity is hard. He's too thin. He's too fat. He's oh, he's too old. That won't do at all. <laughs> yeah. I did want to mention the sonic screwdriver. We actually see it used as a screwdriver for once. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, not like, I'll just use the sign screw there, zap this machine, and send everybody home. Yeah, yeah it's a little teeny flashlight thing, too. I did think that, uh, you know, for once, you know, Troughton's doctor was getting agitated when he yells at Jamie and Zoe. He says, just for once, we do as you're told. Yeah. Because they keep asking him questions, and he wants to escape, and you're like, He's like getting the tires, and they're like, da, 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 da. And he's like, just for once, and you're like, do what you're told. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I love the sets, uh, the futuristic sets, the helmets, yes, guns, those were and, the, and and the, yeah. the walking. It's kind of 
kind of like um i like alien, alien looking yeah i did like how they did even though it wasn't labeled gallifrey yet but i didn't like how gallifrey looked especially with those blocks with the water with the smokish yeah. that was kind of neat and i like how the controls are like little magnets you just move them around and mm-hmm. yes that was things neat. and he, i thought that was interesting he takes like, a couple and then they can't yeah. use the control. I like how he's with with that guy and he says, "Oh, so if you take this one here and here, oh yeah, it's like this." And he gets the guy in the machines like, "Dude, dude." <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, this was actually pretty good. I I liked it, even though it was ten episodes long. I um, I I spotted a blooper and I, I again I don't know why no one else is talking about this on the, on those websites I looked, but. You could say it's not a blooper, but there's a scene that starts off with um, a bunch. Yeah, of it the, is. Um, I know what you're talking about. It's, he goes and grabs them. He goes and grabs the machine, but at one point he didn't grab the machine or something like that. Well, maybe maybe that's there, but the, the one I'm thinking about is one of the guards. Right at the beginning of the scene, the guard quickly puts his helmet on and then raises his gun up, but his helmet had was off. And the actor puts the helmet on or the or the glasses on, and then he puts the gun up like and he goes at attention. But he didn't start that way. But the scene starts off with him quickly doing it, like, "Oops, I better do this really quick." It could have been the soldier just kind of, you know, resting or something. But it was kind of obvious. I went back and looked at it again. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that guy is not in his costume yet." When they started the scene, he wasn't ready. That, was I, that reminds me. I wanted to mention there was a lot of death in this series. Which isn't surprising because oh, yeah. it's called the War Games. Yeah. But I kept thinking of Mary Woodhouse, I think that was her name, mm-hmm. and how she would have been upset White about House. all this because White, White House, House, that's yeah. it. And she didn't. Well, we we didn't get any reaction from the doctor to that, surprisingly. Yeah, I mean he he wasn't at, like um poo-pooing the the violence or anything like that he was just kind of like let's get out because of here, at, I at first he thought they were in world war one and since that's a fixed point he knew that all that all those deaths happened anyway but later uh, on like all the guards are getting killed when he's oh they're shooting yeah, them on yeah. the on that base and i was like that just well, stood out to me as a difference from what we've seen from doctors later on well also these people have been taken out of their time zone and they're put back in but what about the dead ones Mm-hmm. You know, did, did history change because of all this? And the doctor—that's never addressed. Unless, mm-hmm. the ti- yeah, it's never addressed. Unless the Time Lords just reset everything. Reset everything. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that uh, the guy who played Goth Bernard Horsfall. He was also in the Mine Robber, which was a couple of stories before. And I remember people saying, "Could that have been the Time Lord spying on the Doc?" I'm like, "Oh boy, here we go," because he's in. Then he played that. The, the, he played the, Gulliver. Oh. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, but also, did, he was also Peter, in Planet of the did, Daleks. Did, and did Peter Capaldi's doctor was he in the? the, the I know, I know. I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> but you know how fans are. Yeah. That one's a little bit yeah. more believable than half the stuff that they say. <laughs> it's not as bad as something like Face a Bow or something, but anyway. yes, I'll give you that. <laughs> Um, the the goodbye is very moving, like you said, because it's not no one wanted it. And that a lot of times, some at least someone wants them to go. Like you know, I, I guess um, this was Do- forced. Do- Dodo didn't have a cho- choice because the doctor had just left her. That's okay. 
But, really like uh, her anyway. <laughs> but everyone, Susan goes on. Well, Susan didn't really want to go, kind of, either. Yeah, but Susan the got forced. Yeah, yeah but, but the doctor knew because he knew she wasn't going to make her mind up because she, he knew that she had feelings for David. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he just said, whoop, that's the end of you. I guess K-9 didn't have a choice either when the doctor just threw threw her at, uh, threw him at um, Roman and said, here, take him. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, or was that Leela that he did that with? I don't know. They did that to both. Yeah. Both, yeah. Uh, the doctor, before, when he was waiting for his trial or whatever, the doctor's playing Beat the Clock um, with the cards, which I used I to play. I thought he was, that was Clock Solitaire. Well, it might be the same call, the same thing, but I call it beat the clock. It's where you, it's like a solitaire game. Yeah. But you have to, so it's probably the same thing. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was pretty good despite being 10 episodes. It certainly could have been cut back significantly, mm-hmm. you know, six parts, you know, or more, but um you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that, they, you know, that they cover in it and everything. I guess the recommendation is to not um, start watching it and fall asleep during it or something. But it's not. Well, again, to me, the cliffhangers would keep you going. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, anything else about this one? I have a no. lot of notes here I haven't really looked at. But well, I know usually when we stop recording, I'll be like, oh, I should have said. Yeah. We're going to see some of these guests at L.I. Who this year. Are we? Well, Fraser Hines. We always see Fraser Hines. Isn't Wendy Padbury going to be there? She was there last year, remember? Well, Fraser Hines is there every year. I, don't know. I thought she was Wendy Padbury was there last year, remember? Yes. Yeah. Oh, come on. You're younger than me. You can't be losing your mind yet. <laughs> I think David Trout's going to be there. Oh, it's Michael Trout. No, no, Trout's no, no. Michael, Michael Trout? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the one I was in the Santa Claus Christmas special. Oh, okay. Is David Thank Trout you. still alive? Yeah, he is. Yeah. I wouldn't actually mind seeing him at a convention. That yeah. actually might be interesting. Yeah, me neither. I guess uh, Aaron um, Ben Aronovich. Who ben wrote... Aronovich is going to be at uh, BossCon or something like that. Jeez. Yeah. I wouldn't mind meeting him, but um, I have to check and see. I might have already met him. <laughs> I know I haven't. That's kind of some of the stuff I wish they would get for Li Who writers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be bad. I mean, yeah, you can have your Fisher Hines, your uh, Paul McGann's, and all that. But I wouldn't mind seeing some of the big Finnish writers. Or the thing is, though, we oh, talked. That's about... what I was going to say. Go ahead. The, either the Warlord or the War Chief. No, the Time Lord one came back. Remember in the, in the New Adventure books? I don't remember every New Adventure, but yeah. They, they brought him. I forgot who brought him back. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. But yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's right. That sounds familiar. I haven't read many of the New Adventure books, so missed out on that. You can probably find them now. Someone has them, like, digitalized somewhere. There's, like, a, probably a website that digitalizes them. Okay. Okay, anything else about this one? And probably probably can find them really cheap on eBay or something because a lot of Doctor Who fans who had them are probably dying off and you could probably get your collection off of eBay. Well, that's a cheerful thought. 
Okay. Well, no, that's how I get some of my Star Trek books because a lot of them are unfortunately passing away. Okay. Anything else about this one? <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>